the world is changing. It was already changing. We were already going more digital. There were already going to be some elimination of jobs. And this is the unfortunate thing, but it is true. And this just allowed things to accelerate toward the trend that was happening. So pay attention to the trend. Look at where things are going. If you believe we can change the narrative, if you believe we can change our communities, if you believe we can change the outcomes, then we can change the world. I'm Rob Richardson. Welcome to Disruption Now. Sean Wooden, how you doing, man? Doing good, doing good, uh, considering the times we're in. Uh, I hear you. Welcome to Disruption Now, where we disrupt common narratives and constructs. And I got to tell you, your, your profile, your background, and uh, everything you've done certainly does that. You've, uh, you know, you've been in the NFL, which uh, a lot of us have been in the NFL, but what a lot of us haven't done is, you know, take that career, become a financial advisor. I think you're an, you're an engineer, too. Uh, well, yeah, computer science, yeah. that was my degree. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually an electrical engineer, so we have that in common, too. All right, so, um, and, and now you're a financial advisor, and so you're like a renaissance man. You've done it all. You've done athletes. You've done, you've done, you've done athletics. You've done academics. You know, now you're doing financial planning and uh, entrepreneurship. So, first of all, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, no, good to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, this moment, this is a crazy moment that we're in, uh, the COVID-19 coronavirus uh, moment. And, you know, I, I hope something we never repeat again, but it's certainly something none of us have encountered in our lifetime. We've been through downturns, obviously. Um, but this is, this is different. This is, uh, this is different than a down. It looks like there's going to be a downturn and it's been a downturn. About 30 million people are without jobs right now as we speak today. So, um, but the way it happened, the breadth of what happened, the speed at how it happened is something that I've never witnessed. And uh, my guess is you haven't either. So uh, when you're as a financial advisor now, and you've been through, uh, you've been through one downturn, but again, as I said, not like this, uh, what advice are you giving people in general? Not, we're not asking for general stocks. We're asking for you know, how are you talking to people in this moment as we go through this and we're looking at and people are looking at their 401ks or they're just concerned about the future? Um, you know, really, I'm just I'm just telling them just I, I bring in the football analogies. You know, make sure you have your game plan. Let's revisit the game plan to see what it is that we want to do. Um, you know, if, it depends on each individual. Each individual is different. Each ind- individual situation is different. So if it's the long game that we got to play, we play the long game. Um, if we have to be a little bit more tactical, let's revisit, you know, the risk tolerance, revisit, you know, some of the goals that they want to do short-term, medium, and long-term, and, you know, develop a plan for that. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's very difficult. Like you said, it's, this is something that's unprecedented. We, we haven't seen this in our lifetime. It seems like we've been able, our generation, especially me and you, probably in the same generation, we're, we're able to say that on a lot of different things, whether it's, you know, in the financial world, the, the health world, you know, the pandemic, uh, or even in the political world. Um, so it, it, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I tell people we have to be fluid. Uh, we just can't stick our heads in the, in the dirt, in the, in the sand and just. Yeah, we're not going to make it. We're not going to wish it away. No, it's not going to go away. I mean, we have to, we have to, you know, confront it. You know, you have to be right on top of it. And, you know, that's what we try to do. That's what we try to do with our clients is we try to be proactive versus reactive. Sometimes we do have to take some reactions, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we try to make sure that our clients are, are settled for, you know, their, their situation and their yeah. goals. 
So what do you see and what, what are you hearing as the greatest concern in general from clients or people you're hearing in, in, in the industry in this moment? Um, I mean, just look at, it. you know, the last two months, you know, March was, was extremely bad. You know, it, it was just it's been the longest March in the history of the world. I feel like we're still in March. Shot. Like it's like this March has never ended. Like when is March going to end? It's real bad. But then, you know, April, if you look at it by you know, a couple more minutes, the close of the bell, you know, this will be one of the best months in the market. So it's just the, the volatility, the extreme volatility, the, the way that it, the, the speed of it. Um, the way that, you know, the pandemic and everything that just happened, you know, we have 30 million people that are unemployed right now. Yeah. And in the United States, and that, that's, that's a large number. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a that's very a, large number. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, large number. <laughs> that's so. So how do you, how do you, how do you explain it? Do you think there's a disconnect that there's a possible lag in the market? The fact that so many people, I'm just curious just to get your thoughts that the market could be doing well in this moment. I don't, by the way, I just personally don't trust this moment in terms of the people thinking, you know, it's doing well right now. Um, but do you think that there's some disconnect that likely the market will respond when the full effects of this happens when people really get a grip that 30 million people plus are without jobs? I, I do think there's another shoe to fall. Uh, you know, um, there's definitely uh uh, like you say, almost a disconnect. Um, there's a lot of optimism, which is, hey, I mean, we're an optimistic country. Uh, that's what we're built on. We, we're built on our values and our optimism and hoping that tomorrow will be better than it is today and make, and getting doing the steps to make it better. Um, you know, I think the government's done what they could and they're, they're still willing to do. Uh, the Federal Reserve is willing, you know, what they're willing to do and what they were willing to to show to be able to boost up the economy and make sure that the country is still be able to, to operate. Like I said, like we were, like we were saying this, we were at a historic low for unemployment. Now we're at a historic high yeah. um, with literally within 30 to 60 days. <laughs> so yep. it's, it's when you look at that um, and you take a step back, you know that something else is going to, uh, I mean, none of us are, None of us are, I mean, I'm not in the medical field. You know, you talked about I was in this field. This, uh, but I definitely wasn't in the medical field. So Neither was I. We don't really have a true understanding of, you know, the issues with, with this. Uh, and neither this, do they, it seems, at this point, virus. from what I can tell. I mean, it changes every day. That's right. why I said you have to be fluid. You have to be willing. And you, and you really have to revisit your goals and, and make sure that you're, you're, um, you're set up, your portfolio is set up the right way you know, for you. Um, but no, I, I definitely think that there's going to be some other news. I hope it's good. No, we always hope for a miracle. Um, but I do think that the market has not really, the recovery has been very fast, um, considering. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think, employment and, and, you know, and I don't think we've really seen the economic, uh, turmoil that that's going to be come from, you know, shutting down the country for two months. Yeah. And, and I think, it, 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 and it's really the after effects, like what is even people as we start to open back up and, you know, I'm going to follow the, I'm going to follow the science and the data, you know, not even my own feelings. I would love, I'm a social person, Sean, I can tell, I'm sure you're a social person. I'd love to be back out there right now traveling. I would love to be able to do this interview instead of virtually in person. I mean, it's, yes. I've done a lot of these and, you know, we don't have that opportunity right now, but 
in this moment right now, you're looking at where we're at. I do think, you know, there is uncertainty about not only where we're going, but then how people feel. If people don't feel safe, they don't feel uh, like they want to interact with people because they still fear the unknown, which is mm-hmm. and it's great. Right. We, it's great. Right. We, have, we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. It's the unknown unknown, as Donald Rumsfeld said. Not that I want to quote him too much, yeah. but it's, <laughs> the point is we don't know that. And so when people are uncertain, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't see people come out and say, yeah, let me just go out and go, let's go drink and party with my friends like we used to. I don't know if we go back to that just like that or if we go back to that scale ever again. I mean, this, this possibly, I think when I, I, look, I tell people as, you, as you're looking at your business, as you're looking at your portfolio, uh, and again, I am not a financial expert. I'm just the person that looks at human trends. Uh, I was already doing Zoom. I was already doing virtual conferences. By the way, say this: I want to have you. You're a nerd, man. You're like me. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I am a nerd. I, I embrace it. By the way, yeah. I embrace being a nerd. I, I, I tell people all the time: embrace that term, please. I embrace being a nerd. Yes. I do. And you actually made me go to a point that uh, that I was going to go to later, but I want to go to now. Is the point is that yeah? I'll, I'll just finish this point really quick. Uh, the world is changing. It was already changing. We were already going more digital there are already going to be some elimination of jobs. And this is the unfortunate thing, but it is true. And this just allowed things to accelerate towards a trend that was happening. So pay attention to the trend, look at where things are going. Just don't say, put your head down and say, you know, you want to go back to a world where, you know, you read your newspaper every day. No, you're going to read it online. Sorry, that's over. Like you can, <laughs> you can, you can hope for that world, but that world is you can hope all you want. It's not coming back. So figure out where people are going and then get prepared for that moment. Speaking of being a nerd, uh, you know, being black and being a nerd has sometimes not been considered to, to be two yeah, things you want to cool. be, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it, not it, cool. it's not cool. It's not cool, right? And, and it's something I want to, again, we're about disrupting common narratives, and that's a common narrative I want to take and throw in the Ohio River, the ocean, wherever. Yeah. Uh, talk about your experiences with that, because you've been on both sides of it. You've been, you've been the jock, which is people are comfortable with us being a jock. Like, that's not... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not taking away from what you've done. It's exceptional the fact that you got as far as you did in that field. But the fact is, that is something that people think in their head. They see a big black man. They say, oh, for me, because I'm 6'5", too. Did you play play basketball? I tell them, you know, well, I injured my leg early. I stopped playing, but I went to engineering school. And they're like, oh, what a waste. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) and that's not just that. that, That's our people, too. I'm not just talking about white people. That's our people, too. That's everybody. I mean, that's Talk about how you navigate that, right, and how we – can change the narrative and the expectations that, you know, we, 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 can, we, can embrace, uh, we can embrace academics just like we embrace athletes. I think it's going to take some time. I think it's going to take some time for us to, you know, and for people like me and you to, to be able to get, that, get the word out there, to disrupt that narrative or disrupt that, you know, that, that stereotype. And that's what it is. It's a stereotype. Um, I fought it when I was a kid, you know, I was, yeah. Can you give me some examples? Like, did you ever have to talk to folks like before I was an athlete? I was, yeah, I like that. Now. And that's what it was. You know, I was always in the, in the computers. I was always into, you know, doing whatever comic books now, comic books and, you know, Marvel and everything. Oh, that's it. it, You're in now. Yeah. Cool thing right now. But you know, growing up back in the eighties, who was your comic? Who was your comic that you liked, by the way, you got a favorite? Oh man, I was a Spider-Man guy. Okay, I, I, I really like Spider-Man. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I remember having several. We got movies. a Black Spider-Man now too. Wow. Oh yeah, like, they, that's, hey, that's trust me, Spider-Verse. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
like I said, is I'm a nerd. I, I watch anime still. You know, I watch cartoons with my kids and everything. So that's just what it is. But I mean, it's 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 really going to take, you know, just us getting out there and saying it's okay. You know, telling yeah. kids it's okay to be. You know, it's okay to enjoy reading. It's okay yeah. to you know not think like everybody else, not just fall into the line and say, hey, I'm going to pick up a ball, no matter if it's a basketball, if it's a football, whatever type of ball. It, and, you know, hey, yes, it's an opportunity. It does create opportunities. That's yes. the one thing is. Athlete, athletics do, does create opportunities, for, especially for inner city or kids that aren't from a well upbringing or anything like that. That might be, you know, that uh, those op- you know, the opportunities right. in the class opportunities you know but we got to tell them it's a pathway to an opportunity it is not the end of the, it's not the destination it's a chap. it's a chapter in your book it's not correct you know i always tell guys all the time is you know especially guys that are playing and they make it to the nfl or they're in college at major school and they might not make you got to be able to t- turn that chapter in the book and close that chapter and write you hopefully you have plenty of how, how do you take first of all there's a lot of, a lot of layers i want to get to here before you go into advising people about the chapters and seeing the whole book, let's talk about your early chapter. When did you, did you have any specific moments where you had to kind of overcome this or things that kind of put a kind of right now come to your head when you think about the tension between your academics and, and, and actually being in sports? I mean, I have one, but I, again, I didn't make it as far as you. I remember when I was playing football and they were, there was some advice. There was this coach saying, telling a lot of the, athletes like don't take this don't take geometry it's gonna why would you challenge yourself that much you need to be focused on football i'm like what in the world like this is in oh, high yeah, school trust me. I, I, I've, I've had those conversations i mean being an engineer especially at notre dame uh when i went there there was literally only one other person on the team that was an engineering major um and i was told by a couple coaches i won't call their names out or anything but yeah you don't have to or anything like that you, they but wouldn't be the they wouldn't be against the grain that's what coaches do i mean there was a time where i mean i had a uh, a chemistry lab my, my freshman year, and I was told specifically, son, do you realize why are you going to this school? And I was like, yes, to get an education. They were like, no, football is paying for you to be here. You are here to play football, and then you will go to school. So do not miss practice again because of a, a computer lab or, you know, chemistry wow. lab, like that, academics. Make sure that you schedule around football. And, I mean, that's just something, I mean, at the end of the day, let's look at it. Logistics. Football did give me the opportunity to be at Notre Dame and be there. So I understood yeah. what they were saying. Um, they, they did not say – they gave me all the help I needed in order to be able to get a degree and do well in the classroom. However, I had but, to realize – But can you imagine somebody that doesn't have the same – uh, I imagine your, your parents had something to do with reinforcing no, things. Was, yes. Yeah, my, yeah. So my, like – My family was very strong in academics, pushing academics, pushing academics. And it came to fruition. I mean – my sophomore year, I was told I was never going to be able to play football again. Um, oh, wow. What happened yeah, there? I, had, I was born with a slight case of spinal bifida in my lower back. So wow. I had to get, you know, some surgery, some instrumentation, some, yeah, some bone grafting and everything to put in the lower back just to make sure it was stabilized and things like that. And I was told I would never play again. Uh, wow. About a 10%. We told you would never play football again and you've played nine years in the NFL. <laughs> Am I right about yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's important for people not to accept. Yeah, listen. Go ahead. I, I tell people all the time is, you know, I'm a numbers guy. I'm a data guy just like you. But I guess when I was younger, I was too dumb and naive to believe the numbers. <laughs> because when somebody told me I couldn't do something, that kind of pushed me to, in order to, you know, pushed me, gave me the, 
inspiration to do something. Yeah, that, <laughs> you wrong. and I have a very similar story. Mine is not based on being an athlete. Unfortunately, I wasn't as good as you in, in uh, athletics, but uh, I have learning disability, ADHD. So I struggled in school early on. And, but I decided at the end of the eighth grade, I said, I want to go to college. I told my teachers that. And a couple of teachers sat me aside and talked to my parents and say, your, 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 your kid is out of his mind. Like he's yeah. something he's going to be able to do. Like he's struggled in school. How do you think he's going to make it in school? And so you're right. There is a something to not paying attention to what people say is possible for you. I think there's, there's a lot of power in that. There's also a lot of power in also making sure you're pragmatic too. So I want to make sure I want to talk about, I want to talk about that too, in terms of when you advise people in their careers about the chapters, let's go back to what you said, particularly in those who are in sports, you know, believe that they're going to be doing this forever. Believe yeah. that, you know, I don't know why, but people do believe that just because they we're, well, no, I mean, for the same reason you just said, people just believe that they're going to be the ones that are different, yeah. which is, is, which that could, that belief probably carried them to this point where they're in the NFL and they've reached the pinnacle of, their sport and they're thinking, okay, I'm going to be like this for a long period and my money's never going to run out like this. The women are going to keep coming, whatever you want to say. Uh, and we all know that that is, that is the exception rather than the rule. Yeah. How do you talk to them about making this a chapter in your life and understanding that this is not the whole book in sports? Um, you, you have to be, it's very, it's a fragile subject. You know, like you said, I'm sure it is. Imagine believe. how you were, remember how you were at 21? Oh yeah. 18? I mean, yeah. I'm yeah, a 21, 22 year old kid was making a little bit of money in my yeah, hand. Tell, can't tell me nothing like Kanye said. <laughs> you can't tell me, yeah, man, you get out of my face. But no, you just have to make them realize. And I think that, you know, the more they hear from, you know, people that they care about, people that, you know, that they understand care about them, you know, you just show them that you, you care about them and you're not putting them down. Um, I tell my kids all the time, all the time, you know, don't let anybody put barriers on you on how high you can go. Um, it's just one of those things that, and even myself, you no, know, because as a parent, I'm going to try to protect my kids. And sometimes I might tell them not try something or not do something just for belief is because I don't want them to experience failure or, or right. I do want them to experience failure, but I want them to be sort of guarded to or, you know, make it a little bit lighter for them. Um, but, you know, it, you just have to be real careful with those guys. You know, I, I do a, sometimes I go over with the rookies for the Dolphins when, they're, when they come in. And, I, you know, Dolphins, they, last year they brought in 20-something rookies. Now everybody's not going to make the team. I tell them, look to your left, look to your right. Out of the three of you guys, only one of you are going to be here past one year. You know, yeah. that's, that's, just the, that's just the stats. Now, hey, do what you can. Do everything you can in your power to make sure you're that one person. However, you know, I, I don't always tell them to have a plan B because I want them fully focused on their yeah. goal or, you know, what they want to do, what they want to accomplish. But be well-rounded. Don't be yeah. – don't make football who you are as a person. Because now, even – Right. Coaches aren't going to want to hear this. You know, general managers aren't going to want to hear this. But football can't be who you are as a person. You, you, you play football. But it's not who you are as a person. You know, you might play basketball. You might, you know, play hockey, play, you know, baseball. You might be a professional baseball. Tom Brady has been playing for 20 years. Yeah. Playing professional football at the highest level. He's, hey, some people say he's the GOAT. I, unfortunately, I can't say that until maybe he retires and then I'll have that conversation. But 
you know, Joe Montana's my guy. He's a Notre Dame guy. You right. Know, with, I played with one of the greatest in, with Dan Marino. So, and I, I mean, think it's hard to compare errors, by the way. And I always – I, I don't want to go too far down this. I know the Jordan last dance just yes, came out. But exactly. I'm just like, it's really it's hard to compare it, errors. Well, at the end of the day, you know, look what Jordan's done off the field. Look Tom Brady yeah. does off the field. I mean, Tom Brady's going to have a life way longer than the 20 years he had playing football. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, so, I think I, that's a so great that's point. you have to look at. You, yeah, even, it, it, yeah. you have to have some type, like you said, the long game. Yeah, you hope you play as long as you can. However, you know, just know that when this chapter does close, make sure you're able to close, and it's not going to devastate you and destroy you. Yeah, uh, amen. That's I mean, the problem. There's a lot of guys that have issues after they're done because they fall into a deep depression because football their identity is, was football. It was football. Identity was football. It's, 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 I mean, I've. I've I've actually had this, and I go around um, sometimes, you know, during off-season for, you know, visiting troops overseas and, and uh, you know, the military. military has the same issue. Uh, you know, when guys get out of the military, especially guys that have been in for a long time, you know, those, you get those 20-year-plus guys yep. that make their career. They have an issue of identifying who they are outside of the military. So, I mean, it's, it's Even just – Even really, Rich, I'm, this, is, this is getting kind of Pollyannish, but – I remember reading about Michael Jordan, and I think I saw one quote. He said he would give all his money back just to be able to play again and to be yeah. able to have – right, to be in front of stuff. And I'm like, I understand that to an extent, but a part of it is like, well, <laughs> dude, like you, you, you've – how are you not happy where you're at right now? And the fact you've made all this and had all this, and it's, 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 it's back to what you said. Your identity can't be wrapped in to simply what you do, for, even for a career, no matter what. It can't be wrapped up in that – completely it has to be something else and I think another uh, point about what you made is you never want to tell people to have a have a plan b but you better have a plan like the yes. plan is like here's the plan you're not going to be playing football for 25 years it's not possible exactly. and you're going to need possible. to still make money for the next 50 years of your life it's it's it's, it's very likely you're going to live for a long time mm -hmm. and it's a hundred percent guarantee you're not going to spend your entire career playing NFL football it's not happening it's so not like happening. Right, so getting people to understand that having a plan and having a strategy because pride and hope are not a strategy. <laughs> they are yeah. not, right? They are, you can have hope in your, in your abilities, hope that you'll, that you'll be very successful, but don't, don't, don't spend like you're going to keep making the same amount of money that you have this year every single year in the future. Like that, that's how, I mean, getting people to understand that it's not about having a plan B, it's about having a plan. Yes, a life plan. A life plan, right? And, you know, we don't, we, we don't think about that as much when we're 21, 22. I didn't, but I also didn't have a multi-million dollar contract. I'm sure my parents would have been a lot more firm on me about that because people will find ways to take your money quickly when you have it, as you know. Yes, how do you tell people to avoid, how do you go about, I guess, getting people into habits or into good habits or, or breaking bad habits so they don't find themselves in this trap, especially when you're dealing with people that might have first generation real well. Well, that's what exactly, you know, when you deal with athletes, you, you definitely have to break that bad habits first. Um, you know, a lot of them come into the league or their prospective sport or their prospective career with some very bad habits of, you know, not knowing how to budget, not know how to deal with certain things. And like you say, this, I don't tell a guy, um, usually, you know, as an athlete, you know, they, they, they always, everybody has that, that chain moment, that car moment, that buy the mom a house moment, whatever it is. 
uh, you know, where you're going to spend a significant amount of money, which you, you'll probably regret <laughs> literally right. maybe three or four, maybe minutes after you buy it. But, um, you know, not trying to just, you know, put them on a budget where they're saying, hey, you can only do this, this, and this, and that's it. But let's have a conversation of if you do decide to do this, if you do decide, to, uh, you know, instead of buying this very affordable, nice, you know, Mercedes-Benz or whatever it is kind of car, you know, Tesla now, whatever kind of car it is. But instead, you want to buy a, a Maybach or a Rolls-Royce or things like that. Let's look at those dollar figures. Let's look at what that, how that's going to change your future. You know, right. Let's look at how that's going to impact where you want to, for your life plan, for your, your goals of generational wealth, whatever your goals are. Usually it's generational wealth. They want to be able to leave generations of wealth because, like you said, it's, they're the first generation. So right. they want to be known to be able to say they you know, they help their family and you know kids grandkids and say so out and and just make sure that they had opportunities and right you know in this country unfortunately wealth does create more opportunities wealth it, creates it, more opportunities everywhere uh, you know I, you know one of my mentors said like yes you don't do everything for money but you can't do the Lord's work without it so you you can talk yeah. all you want to but you can't have the type of impact you want unless you have some means. It's just, it's true. Yeah. Every single, even, even mass movements that helped lots of people, the people that led them usually had something going for them. I mean, every single one look at, you look at, uh, you look at Dr. Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King was not poor and he came from a family of means. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi was not poor. And he came, and he came from, and he ended up, you know, he, he had a lot of success. So like, yes, you, you, there's nothing wrong with being poor. It's not an indictment on your character. No. I want to make that clear. What I, what I am saying is if people talk about money not being anything or not mattering, those people are crazy because <laughs> it does. <laughs> I mean, like, so. So, I mean it, it, it's, it's, you, money can't be everything that you're about. Like you no. said, it, you know, it can't be what you're about. It can't be, you know, hey, that's what it is all about. And that's, that's just what it is. However, it does, like you said, like we both know, it's, it creates opportunities. Uh, Absolutely. Opportunities, put you in positions, you know, get a better education. Um, you know, we, I was fortunate to have a football scholarship that was able, that afforded me to be able to get a top rate. Uh, you know, I say top rate because, you know, I, I still love Notre Dame. Yeah. But, you know, a top rate education in a, in a way to, you know, better my life, no matter if I play football or not. Afterwards. Right. I'm setting myself up for that. Um, right. You know, life after football. Well, let's actually talk a little bit about life during football. And um, you were very involved in the concussion lawsuit and you are, I think you were a class representative. Yes. And uh, you actually had a moment where you, you personally went through something like this in while you were in the NFL. Talk about that moment. Cause I read that and I think it's important for the listeners uh, and viewers to, to hear about your actual experience in having an injury during football and then how that has informed you to be a class representative for the concussion uh, lawsuit. Well, I, I you know the, it was kind of interesting because i never really wanted to be out there. We never really never wanted to be the person that was going to be the voice of thousands of guys. Uh, you know, thousands of my brothers that played the game with me that played the game before me and after me. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's, Injury was part of the game. Um, we understand that it's a very physical game and things like that, but we just wanted to make sure that – I literally just wanted to make sure that guys were going to be able to take care of maybe like an insurance policy type of thing where guys that played the game, 
that maybe suffered some issues. Um, like you said, I've, I've had a couple of concussions while I played. Um, I've been knocked out. Uh, Do you remember that? Like I actually have the, uh, I looked this up. You said you said it was like your Jerry Maguire moment when you were yes. just, you said like, uh, and yeah, when it happened, was, to, like, like what was your feelings at that moment? That was my oh, rookie. by the way, Jerry Maguire, for all my people who may yes. be a little bit younger, you need to Google that. You need to Google that. You need to Google that with, we yeah, all show me the money. Right yeah, you got to see Pull that. Pull it up. <laughs> Pull it up and you'll be able to For all your young bucks. Yeah, so, but no, I had my Jerry Maguire moment. And that, actually, it was my first preseason game. Um, we were playing. The, I, I wow. Specifically, I was named as Your first starter. preseason game ever in the NFL. First preseason game ever in the NFL. Wow. Named a starter that week. Um, oh, so you feeling my, you feeling high feeling at this moment? High mighty. I, I made it. I think I made it. I'm not, you know, it was a first. I, I didn't understand what preseason was about. Personally, I thought, hey, if I made it was a starter right then, I made the team. I'm, I'm on. You know, I'm a, I'm a play for my ten plus years. Right, right. <laughs> I already had it all scheduled out. But no, I mean, I had that moment where you no, know, it was a play, thirteenth play of the game. Um. We were about to sit, about to go out. The starters were about to go out of the game. I probably was going to stay in a little bit longer because I was a rookie. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was one of those times where, you know, I hit the receiver, hit the, hit the other corner, deep defensive back, and just blocked out. Totally wow. out. Didn't wake up until somebody was above me clapping hands and saying, can I feel my butt? They scared me so much because they know they already started taping me to a board and everything that I was paralyzed, basically. Mm. Couldn't move. Uh, they you know they kept asking for me, and literally they strapped me on this, put me on the side of a helicopter, and helicoptered me down to you know Jackson Hospital. Um, you know after you know some evaluations and everything, I was uh, marked fine, <laughs> marked okay. Was back out at practice the next day. The next, the day. next day. Wow. With uh, one of those collars. Wow. One of those cowboy collars. That's just that's necklaces. nuts. You know, and it, but that was the time, right? And people, and I, and I, and I noticed you said this, not understanding the difference because we didn't appreciate it as much between yeah. pain and injuries. Yes. And so, and and yeah, yeah, you talked about that. And unfortunately, that's what the that's what that's why I've really joined the the, the concussion cases because I wanted to change that narrative that, that that the talk around concussions. You know, when we were there, it was a ding. You know, you got your head, your bell rung. Yeah. Get up, boy, was, be tough. Yeah, you can keep it's all going. right. Everybody shake it, it off. It was just pain. It wasn't yeah. considered an injury. And I think we've changed that discussion around it where now coaches, players, you know, the the health staff or whatever, the trainers and things, the doctors, they're all considering concussions. Concussions are now classified as an injury. Yeah, because listen, and we all, we all, particularly from our guys, make me feel like I'm old. But during our time, I don't know if I want to say that, damn, because I really do feel old when I say it. Yes. But anyway, when I was in high school, damn, that still sounds old. All right, I, I can't come up with a better term. Anyway, yes. <laughs> you know, we were we we pushed like I like I actually had a really bad knee injury as uh, as I told I had an injury earlier. It was a really serious mm -hmm. injury, and the reason for it is because I was I was in pain, but it was probably it was probably an injury. And I was like, you got to keep pushing. You got to keep pushing oh, yeah. because that, that, that's like in the – so how do you now talk to players and how would you talk to your family members about the tension between pushing yourself and making sure you don't injure yourself and knowing when a line is not crossed? Well, I think that's tough yeah, for people. That's when very young. difficult. That's very tough. It is, it's very tough. And um, it's, it requires a lot, of, a lot of knowledge, a lot of, you know, going into understanding your body, one, understanding – 
what you're going through, whether it's a knee injury, whether it's a, you know, a shoulder injury, whether it's a concussion, um, you know, uh, educate yourself on it. Um, I ask, I tell parents all the time, try to educate yourselves on it. Now, I'm not saying become, become a doctor and believe everything you read on the, on the internet, especially WebMD and things like that. Don't think that you're a PhD. Always, always consult. And we got a lot of people that think they're doctors right now with this COVID-19. Oh. Okay, but go ahead. <laughs> we got a lot of professional doctors <laughs> yeah. who, who really major in BS, not MD, but go ahead. Not, not going to say anything, but no, I'm not. That's just my opinion. Hey, this is Rob Richardson speaking. Go ahead. <laughs> but no, it's, 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 you know, to educate themselves and make sure that, you know, they, they give the support to the kids. It's like you said, it's, man, we've all had coaches. I've had a coach, man. I was down on the ground. I had a coach move practice, move the, you know, the drill down five, 10 yards, told the trainer, told the trainer, go take care of them and just kept practicing, you know, and, you know, Unfortunately, it, treat you it, like you're just that you're not even you're just like, you know, to be used and off the field, which is why back to, the, that, back to your earlier point about academics and why it's important to not it's not about having a plan B, but having a plan, because a lot of these people see you as something they can use for money for the school yeah. as a temporary asset and then you're gone. So understand the opportunity you have. And understand that no matter what, even if you go on to become a great NFL player, it's not going to last forever. So. You got to use this. You don't use this. They will take, they will take what you have Yeah, just because you take, don't even know how to keep it. They can take everything else away from them. They can't take your mind away from them. Yep. They can't take your, your ability to be able to, you know, think your way through something or come up with a game plan or come up with something. They cannot take that away from them. I can always say that you're, you're not good enough. You're not fast enough. You're not strong enough. Make sure that they never say is you're not smart enough. Amen That's to what that. you can control. You yep. can control that. And, you know, we can, only, we can only worry about what we can control, and that's one of the things that you can control. And, you know, some of us are more gifted in the classroom than others. But you could put, you know, if you could put that hard work on the field, in the, in the gym, you should put that same amount of hard work in the classroom. Amen if to that. Yep. What, you know, I saw this, I saw this quote that, that um, I heard others talk about with the concussion lawsuit when people are NFL uh, fans are saying, well, what's the big deal? It's just – millionaires versus billionaires and yeah yeah you know my yeah my line to that is whatever but the fact is there's only one side getting their necks broken and their uh, and getting their brains affected only one of those people are yeah yeah and i mean at the end of the day is we we did come up with a settlement that i think is you know hey it's a settlement so is it perfect no um but i think it's but i just said people have to appreciate like they think you're not like things to be thrown away and at well, the end yeah, of the day, like, if you don't have your brain. Yeah. Unfortunately. It, I mean, is it worth that person who made a million dollars, two, three, to not have a brain? Yeah. When you, play a, when you play a sport or, you know, you're an entertainer or athlete or you're in the public eye, you really have to, you know, you have to be kind of thick-skinned because you're going to get yeah. a lot of, you know, you get those people that always think that they can criticize no matter what. Sorry is that your people? Hey, that's a kid. You. Yeah, speaking, speaking of your kids, I had actually a question about kids. Classroom is done. <laughs> yeah, thinking about like, what is it that knowing the injuries of football, would you, would you want your kids playing football still? Actually, I have a son that plays football right now. Oh, you do? You don't worry. So that, that's actually interesting because, you know, my, uh, my fiance has a kid that can easily, I mean, he would, he would, I mean, I, he would go to the NFL if he played. Like he's that, oh, wow. he's that, he's that, he's like nine and approaching my strike, just a, just a big, strong, sturdy kid. His, his uh, grandfather um, played for USC, was actually one of those okay. legends out there. Uh, right. Anyway, 
anyway, so, but she's, she's like, nope, nope, can't do it, scared to death. So the fact is you have a kid there, so that doesn't, that, this, uh, I'm sure it concerns you. How do you navigate through this? Oh, yeah. Like you say, like, like I was talking about before, it's being aware, you know, making sure that he understands that there's a difference between being hurt and being injured. Um, you know, there's a big difference. Uh, you have to push through pain. Unfortunately, that's what sports is. Yep. But you have to know when you're, when you're injured. Yep. Uh, and don't let anybody else tell you that you can push through it. Uh, you have to respect your body. And unfortunately, you only get one of them. We yep. only get one body. You were born in it, we died. <laughs> so there's no tension with your with the with, with the mother at all about this. She didn't she 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 was all on board. Huh? What was that? Uh, with the, what, what about your wife or your mother? The mother oh, was, yeah. she was there was no oh, tension I mean, there? My my it's funny that you say my mom because growing up, I I can just remember, you know, when I started playing football, it was later in you know, around, you know, eighth, ninth grade. Um and whenever my mom would come to a game, I would worry about, you know, getting injured or anything because my, I was always worried my mom was going to be that one that runs on the field. <laughs> right. So no matter if I was injured or not, I was getting up. <laughs> yeah. Talking about pushing through injuries. I was pushing yep. through injuries because I didn't want to be embarrassed by my mom jumping on the field, talking about my baby and all that. I, was the only <laughs> so, I, I definitely didn't want that. But no, I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things that I, I, we, we've had conversations, you know, uh, around you know, our, our kids playing any type of sports. My, you know, I have two daughters that play, you know, the do gymnastics and cheerleading. Uh, that, that's a lot of, there's a lot of injuries in that as well. Um, but my kids know that, you know, we support them no matter what. Um, yeah. And we just try to, try to be there for them. Um, you know, supporting their, their, their sports and their endeavors outside of the classroom, but making sure that they do what they have to do in the classroom. Oh, Absolutely. Like you already said that's number one, but it, it, it's it, it's it's an ongoing conversation about us. I'm, like, I'm sure it is conversation because I have a another one that's in ninth grade right now that you know is starting to pick up sports and put, pick up the, you know football and it's it's uh, it's hard. It's yeah, hard. I, I'm, I'm sure it is. It's hard, and you know I don't I don't blame anybody that tells their kids that you know we, we're going to go a different route. We're not going to like we'll we'll make sure those opportunities open up some other way for you. Sure. Um, not everybody's path is through the, you know through the gridiron or on the basketball court or you know hitting a ball. Um, you know sometimes you know you might might do something else. Nobody knows what they, you know what's written in their book except one person knows, and you no, know, that's God, and he he knows he has a plan for you. Yep. Agreed. A uh, couple of uh, rapid fire questions. What's an important truth? Something that you have as a core conviction that most people think is just crazy or disagrees with you strongly. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't think anybody disagrees with me. <laughs> I can be pretty compelling after you know, I, I, I talked to him for a little while, but no, well, I mean, well, I want to know a, a deep personal leaf, not, not, not your, I can tell you great, great at persuading people. But <laughs> what is something that you believe that others might think, you know, well, others might disagree with i believe in aliens <laughs> okay <laughs> I mean, that's a nerd in me though that's that's the star trek star Wars, all that stuff and everything I, I truly believe in aliens but you know i i don't believe that they uh they abduct people or anything like that or you know, i've never been abducted or <laughs> but i do believe in aliens i do believe sometime in, in the future maybe all right well, no, well, nobody's answered the question that way. All right. So that's one. <laughs> How about, I told you I'm a little different. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. Different is good. Uh, you have a committee of three living or dead that can advise you on business and or life. 
who are those three people and why? Um, well, you said one earlier, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, okay. Just wanted to know because of his convictions and, you know, the, the struggle, even though he, like you say, he came from means, he still attacked a, a system. He did. That was, and he went hand in hand with other people. I mean, there's just, he, he, he was the head of a movement, but he wasn't the movement himself. Correct. And he understood that. And just to be able to get, just to talk to him about that and, because we all, you know, um, I'm the type of person, I mean, I think most of us are, we like to be liked by the majority of people. Um, yeah, we're going to piss some people off because, you know, like I said, we might disrupt, we might say what's on our, which, you know, our beliefs that they might not believe in. Um, uh, and he was I'm extremely wondering. unpopular. I tell people he was, he was definitely a yes. innovator and a disruptor. So you can always tell innovators and disruptors because they are, they are liked after the fact like he wasn't like he wasn't like during the fact he was one of the most hated people in america he's yeah. he's he's well liked now because what he stood for was right but at the time it, this, it this also goes for actually a lot of black people too they weren't yeah. in line with that i mean so it's it's Why the fact is if you want to be innovator it's hard to go against the grain go ahead yeah it's it's i mean you got people i mean he had people that were he was fighting for that didn't Correct. Go, why are you putting this out there why are you doing that why are you why are you bringing this you know why are you making it worse for us you know so or making it say, you're making it all about you or why are you doing that? I mean, lots of people thought that. And people, like I said, people have a, a revised whitewashed view of heroes and innovators after the fact, but during the fact, like it's like I said, they weren't liked. All right. Who else? Who's, who, who, so I have who's a strong, two? No, I have a strong, you know, uh, faith, belief, faith, faith, and all that stuff. So I would say Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, well, what would you ask Jesus if you get, Jesus is here. He's talking to you. What are you going to ask? Uh, one is first I want to say, say thank you for taking away all my sins, uh, you know, dying on the cross for me. Um, but, you know, just just to be around, be around, you know, just how he, how he handled life, um, how he dealt with, you know, being a human being and then knowing that he was going to ascend that. Uh, it's it's one of those things that, you know, I just want to know, you know, yeah. I, I, I just want to know. I mean, we read, we read the Bible, we read, you know, things about it and everything. And, but to be able to hear it from him would be, you know, Hey, it'd be real nice. Hey, like you said, it's just spend five minutes with him, whatever it is. Yep. And then, you know, the third person probably would have to be. It could be somebody uh, now, right now. It could be somebody now. That's what I'm thinking of. You know, there's, there's plenty of people in the business world that, you know, the finance world that, you know, inspired and all that stuff and everything. But to me, I would love to spend some time with, uh, wow, that's hard, man. Three people. It doesn't have to be somebody that, it could be somebody you spend time with too. I mean, it just, no, doesn't. You know what? I mean, I would, I would love to spend some time with Michael Jordan. Oh, okay. What Jordan. would you ask MJ? So you, this is going to be one of my questions I got to earlier. This is good. So what would you ask MJ? What would you want to talk to MJ about? I'm going to talk to MJ about how he approached the game. Mm, okay. Uh, how he approached getting people around him better, knowing that he was the one of the best ones to do it at the time that he was doing it and probably ever to do it. But you no, know, that's, that, that's my question. I said, is he the goat? That was my, that was my next to you. He must be, he's on your advisor committee. You got to make him the goat. He's my goat. He's my okay, goat. Yeah. <laughs> my goat. But like you say is I think he transcended generations, uh, you know, where, you know, actually my kids wait till they have no idea who he is really. They just know he has a, <laughs> a product line and wear the shoes. Yeah. And they know the Jordans. They don't, they don't fully appreciate him because they can't, you know, they weren't around at the time that he was sure. playing. 
But, you know, just how he dealt with, you know, that, that 12th guy on the bench, on the, on, the, on the team. You know, what was his relationship with that guy? You know, what was the relationship with, you know, the coaches and the trainers? And how about, you know, did he have a relationship with the, you know, the guy that brought the towels? in the locker yeah. room. Because usually you, you see, you know, I've, I've been around some great players and all that. And those great people are, you know, great people off the, off the, you know, off the court, off the field as well. But, you know, Jordan's one of the ones that intrigues me because he's during the time that I grew up. You know, I had my, I remember getting the first pair of my first pair of Jordans and chased off a, a scepter bus in Philly because some kids wanted to steal it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan's were the thing. I mean, they still are in some places, but yeah, yeah. definitely. So, you know, by me asking my grandmother so many times that buy me a pair because I knew my mom was going to buy me a pair. <laughs> so my grandmother bought me that pair of Jordans and, you know, it was just mystifying. And I, I've got to meet him a couple times without anything that he remembers. <laughs> I got to meet him a couple times just being, yeah. in, being in the field that I'm in uh, or that I was in, you know, around professional athlete, all that stuff. But it's, you know, I never really got to spend any time, you know, just asking okay. him. You know, yeah. diving into you know what what he's made of. Yeah, that makes sense. Any any um, books or resources that really are your go to that you would recommend? Um, my go to is you know I, I do read the Bible. Okay. Um, that's my go to for you know faith and make sure the foundation and things like that for me. What about any other books that you recommend authors? Um, but you, you know, there's you? tons of tons of books. I'm I'm, I'm more of a self-help type of guy okay um, who do you like who do you like in the self-help area then um everybody i'm, I'm not lying i, I don't yeah. think i've ever not read a book or i'm not really that big of a book reader first of all yeah uh, i'm more of an audio book <laughs> but so you do I, i'm counting out you do audible i do audible I do okay audible. what do you like on audible My what's your, what's your book on audible all the time and everything i mean you put me on this um let me let me think about that the last one i read is you know the seven habits, you know, of course, the habits of, you know, yeah, that's a good one. Successful people. Um, that's a that's a great one, actually. Uh, but the last one I read, let me think. Tunde gave me a book. Don't tell him I didn't read all of it. But I won't. <laughs> he gave me he gave me a book the other uh, almost like a year ago. Um, forget the name of it. Well, if you don't remember, you to come back to. It. I got. I got. We'll 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 come back to that later at some other podcast uh, with you. Yeah. So, final question: You have a billboard or a google display ad that says your theme in life or an or something that really describes your essence what does that say and why worry about what you can control and don't try to control things that you can't yeah no. hey that that will help you a lot in life you that, can't control you can't control this yeah, coronavirus but you can control how you react i can't control the coronavirus i couldn't control my reaction to it um, I can control how I can keep my family safe and things like that. I can control, you know, my thoughts on, but at the end of the day, I can't control the vaccine. I'm not, I'm not in the laboratory, you know, coming up with a vaccine or antibody or anything like that. Um, so yeah, yep. I can only worry about that. Shad Wooden, appreciate you coming on the show, man. All right. Appreciate you having me, Rob. <laughs>